Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creative leaders and thinkers. Uh, my name is Simon Hodgkins, and today it's a real pleasure to be joined by Brian Barletta. Brian from Sounds Profitable. A lot of people in the podcasting world will know all about Sounds Profitable. But let me hand straight over to Brian. Maybe just give us the quick intro. Tell us a bit about the world of Sounds Profitable, because it, it's kind of got a few things bolted on over the years, and it, it keeps progressing. So over to you, Brian. Great to see I you. Thank you for having me here. I like bolted on as a good example because it's it's funny. It all started um, primarily as a newsletter, right? Like um, I was let go of my role at Megaphone um, uh, as a product manager there, leading the ad serving side. And I what I realized is I love podcasting. I'd been in the space for a while, and I wanted to make sure everybody was educated on it from the entry level all the way to the C level. So I started writing, and then it started growing. And what I saw was a need for consulting and advocacy and all of these things. It just kept growing and growing and growing. And so to fast forward all of it, uh, today we represent 150 companies and growing as a research and advocacy firm. We do education, we do live events, we do uh, webinars, uh, research, uh, literally everything, consulting for all of these partners. And we do this myself and my partner, Tom Webster, who is easily the face of research and podcasting. And he uh, had an 18 year career at Edison Research. Um, so you, everybody who's seen research and podcasting is familiar with him um, and he came on in June 2022 um, uh, as my equal partner uh, so that we could build this out further and so now we have six different issues of the newsletter a week uh, to keep people updated on the business of podcasting some thought leadership stuff for us and even a roundup version to make it easier for people who maybe don't want a daily version um, we're at every major podcasting event. We're taking a big swing at South by Southwest to prove to South by Southwest why podcasting deserves its own three, five, seven day track. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very, very lucky and very proud to be able to do what I do in the space, which is just help people grow the industry through both listenership and monetization. Thanks, Brian. And did you think this is where it would end up? I know it's a continual journey not, and it's yeah, evolving, not even a little but, bit. Yeah, not a bit. Um, no, no. When I when it first started, I mean, I had uh, we I had a two year old at the time. We were trying for our second kid. Uh, I turned to my wife and I said, "We're gonna be eating ramen for a bit while I figure out what this is." Um, and now it's it's been great. It's um, it, I, I'm absolutely able to pay myself appropriately, and the team we have four people: Manuel and Gavin are on the team as well as Tom and myself, um, and and we have a very strong and set business that continues to grow in the space and grew last year, even while the, the industry kind of had a, uh, uh, I don't know, a reconfiguration, I would say. And I want to ask you just something you said there about the newsletters and obviously starting from the newsletter to what sounds profitable is today. Uh, but you mentioned quite a lot of newsletters there. So you're obviously developing these sort of different segments, different uh, things. And I, I'm reminded of somebody like a Jason Calacanis, who I'm sure you know. With inside, And his yeah, approach yeah. to sort of the inside newsletters. Is it is mm -hmm. it kind of along those lines or is it is it different? I'd say that our content focus is really about the business of podcasting. I think there's a lot of great newsletters out there and relate sources if you are a podcaster or a, a listener of podcasts. But my mindset is I wanted to give something to the people who uh, have a job in podcasting. And that means like like getting a paycheck from Spotify or someone like that as like being an account manager. Also to someone who's decided that their career and their job is to build their podcast company and they're able to pay themselves, right? Or, or they want to strive towards that. So I, I don't mean to be exclusionary on that. Um, and that 
really shifts our focus. I'm not particularly interested in highlighting the newest microphone from Rode or firmware updates or a value for value podcast app that's out there. Or what I really want to do is highlight people with the things that matter in the business space that allow them to talk to advertisers, to talk to content houses, to talk to people who buy uh, shows and, and, and all the aspects of it to talk about the technical changes. And so what we, our main newsletter started as the Wednesday newsletter and it's our, our thought leadership piece. I handle a majority of the consulting and I love the connecting and the people. So I tend to write less and less as we hit 150 people and continue to grow there. Tom, thankfully, is prolific in his writing and uh, has just been absolutely crushing it. And so he does a lot of that now. We originally, our second newsletter that we started was called The Download. And it was just meant as a recap of all of the things in the business of podcasting that happened that week in 10 minutes or less. What we found is that we were leaving so many articles on the on the cutting room floor. So we expanded to also have the download as a daily. And so the two newsletter lists we have is the Wednesday and the Fridays, just like the high level, and then the daily being Monday through Thursday. And, and they're great, right? Because of our setup, we have no advertisements. They're sponsored because we needed help getting this new thing off the ground. And that was really exciting there to work with Spreaker to uh, launch um, uh, the, the daily and then Magellan to launch the recap. And, uh, but besides that, there's no advertisements. It just lists our partners. It's right to the news, respectful of everybody's time and is meant to empower people to win more business, to grow their business, to confidently combat people who are trying to dismiss aspects of podcasting. Um, and I think we have a very unique view there. So that's a, that's a real community with a very specific focuses then oh, and yeah. it obviously i'm sure it takes a lot of passion and a lot of a lot of hard work behind the scenes from what you've described brian yeah every morning i wake up and i look through about a hundred different articles and determine you know what are the ones about podcasting that are relevant for us to highlight in a business newsletter what are the ones that apply pressure on podcasting whether it's advertising related content related or marketing related and how we spin that story and then thankfully gavin on our team um, who's phenomenal, runs content for us. I send those articles with my like highlight of why, and then Gavin basically pitches back to me their recap of it. And, and that's how we've been able to really thrive there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that insight. Yeah. That's very helpful. And um, it's funny, you mentioned, you know, the latest road wireless mic, and I went, oh, I had that this morning, there's a new one out. And then you mentioned value for Fadi, I'm going, Adam Curry, Sam Sethi, like it, 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 there's so much out there that, to grab your attention. Yeah. I think the process that you've described there, how they sort of pitch that back to you, and then you can sort of curate what they get and also add some value to that story. Yeah, um, and, must, and I respect- really working. I respect a lot of those guys and I really in, enjoy what they're doing. I mean, podcasting is open is free and we need to push the, the the things on there. But like, for me, it's a career, right? Like this isn't an art style, but what I get to do, like, I'm, I don't particularly view myself as creative, but I view, I've always worked in advertising and I was excited about the world where I could help monetize something that somebody else was creative and excited about. So for me, like, value for value is interesting, but it's not going to be widespread adopted. I consider myself pretty tech savvy. I don't have a crypto wallet to do any of these things, nor am I particularly interested. When I can pay through Apple Pay, awesome. There's a handful of podcasts that I've listened to that didn't have ads on there, and I would have loved to throw them 10, 20, $30 for the 10 episode run that really entertained me. And I can't even find a buy me a coffee link for these people. So the concept there is neat, but I play in the world where we have to kind of acknowledge what Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Google are doing. And we need to understand that we built businesses that are beholden to them owning the endpoint and the listener. 
because that is the primary source of or place where people are consuming content. And that while we can rage against the machine a little bit, we need to pay the bills. And so it's, where is that middle line? And sometimes those things, uh, we, we have to save our breath, right? We have to think through what we want to talk about and what we want to occupy the minds of the people who are day in and day out growing this industry. No, that makes sense, Brian. Thank you. And you mentioned uh, the likes of the Googles of this world and the Spotify's of this world and the Amazons and the big, the big players. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, it brings me out to something I really want to ask you about. And because you got published some an article recently um, about video podcasts, and I just want to get your take. I know we don't have a lot of time to get into the nitty gritty yeah. of it, but we've seen a shift, haven't we? More and more people are watching their podcast. But you, you, some of your research that you pushed out was that some of it's the same audience, right? These guys are consuming both. It depends on the mood and the, you know, yeah. what, what sort of situation they're in. I found that fascinating because the first time I'd seen that sort of nuanced research. So could you maybe just expand on your thoughts on that? Yeah. Now I wanna I wanna just emphasize that Tom is our primary researcher, and so like uh, these things they're heavy, and I I spend a lot of time with them. Tom's a far more articulate with them. Should be on the show in the future, uh, and uh, basically what we really wanted to focus on is like it's easy to dismiss like oh people are confused they don't know to whether to watch it on uh, YouTube or listen to it on a podcast app. We like to dismiss the audience and what that research really identified is the audience isn't confused they know what they want to watch and they know what they want to listen to they know when and where they want to watch something and they know when and where they want to listen to something i forget the exact stats but you know the people who watch video podcasts heavily consume audio podcasts as well in specific situations where not all other people who consume audio podcasts watch video podcasts right the numbers are definitely shifted more towards the video first people things that are super interesting to me about it are um, what they what is a video podcast for them and what is competing for attention. When I turn on my TV, when I put on a video on my computer, remember that video is competing with any video content. So it's competing with other shows on YouTube that are built for YouTube. It's competing with all the streaming platforms and everything there. So, you know, one of the interesting things was like um, the interest in the music category, podcasting, music category of podcasting is, is pretty high. I mean, it's well ranked it's even higher in um in video podcasts because there's the the live footage component of it of concerts and pictures and the ability to play some music a little bit differently because of different licensing aspects and i really like that aspect there too but one of the things was that um for like audio dramas and audio fictions or documentaries or things that are more produced a lot of the people consuming audio or video podcasts are looking for not even what we're doing right now. This isn't particularly appealing to them. If we were in the same studio and if we are in comfy chairs and nice microphones, that's what appeals to them about a video podcast, a chat show. So if you have a really killer audio drama or true crime, those people are happy to listen to it, whether they're listening to it in the YouTube music app or on your RSS feed, you know, they, they differentiate, but they don't necessarily need an, a video component because that type of content they can get from streaming services, they can get from other things that build a visual first approach. Um, so, so it was interesting. I felt it was kind of like permission to, to not beat yourself up if you run a, a audio drama network and you need to figure out your YouTube plan. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it, I'm thinking of like Diary of a CEO and you know the way they have, people are investing heavily, aren't they now? A lot of creators in the studio setup for that face-to-face -face in real life sort of recording yeah. experience 
But let's talk about Diary of the CEO because I think that's a great example. And it also, in my opinion, kind of leads to branded podcasts a little bit is um, I've never listened to it, but I've seen a hundred clips from it because on LinkedIn or on Twitter or threads or whatever else, like people will share that clip. I know that they're authorities. I know that the people they're talking to are authorities. And that bit of that clip, the 30 second clip is enough to tell me like these people are intelligent. I now know what they talked about in this episode to agree. Here is something I can latch onto. And when someone says like, oh, I'm looking for an interesting podcast about X, while I'm not a download for them, they're lodged in my brain as an authority and I'll recommend it, right? And this is a, this is something we also talk a lot about with branded podcast companies. Like not not all of this is about the downloads. Sometimes it's about authority creation and asset creation and and promotion and marketing and other channels that lead to other things, live events, uh, brand recognition, you name it. So um, getting someone to download your podcast or consume the whole episode is not always, um, doesn't always have to be the goal. And there's a lot of really interesting things you can do there when you are visually appealing and concisely educating the audience you're trying to get in front of. And just to follow up on the brand question, then, if I can, um, yeah, we've we've seen, like you mentioned, true crime, which is, I think, in the US market, I know it's extremely popular. Yeah, in the UK market and maybe some of Europe, it is still very popular. Maybe not quite as much, um, but then I've seen some great crossover between, say, terrestrial television or traditional broadcast. You know, where they've got the six, eight episode series. Uh, and yet it's backed up by a podcast and it, the yeah. podcast just explodes. And so brands are starting to pay real attention to that, aren't they? And starting to invest in that. But then my other question to you is some brands don't seem to have got the memo and are not even in this space at all. I'm just wondering on where you're when it comes to this, the brands, you know, with a, a nod to some of that other research Sounds Profitable did about brands in the podcast industry yeah uh, one thing i, I do want to just quickly point out to everything uh to everybody listening is that all of our research is completely free it is you know uh, directed by ourselves with input from our sponsors but they don't have any editorial uh like they can't they can't say this we disagree with this we want to take it down um it's all available for free on our website um at soundsprofitable.com so please check it out tom we have the recordings the live presentations of tom uh walking through it i highly recommend that he is such a good presenter enter on it um brand the branded content is so interesting and i and i respect it in so many ways and i was talking to someone earlier this morning about it we're talking about like an alcohol brand and how they were talking about could that alcohol brand become uh, like basically turn this podcast by sponsoring it or licensing it into a branded podcast and why that would be appealing and we looked and that alcohol brand has like an okay twitter following an okay facebook following you know like nobody cares about it on linkedin um they don't have a newsletter there's nothing really on their website that would bring me back to it other than like trying to find what stores cover it so there's they don't have content right but they have an audience and they're posting great numbers sales wise and they're growing and people are aware of the brand so yeah you can just buy ads and that's neat but what happens if you sponsored or supported the creation of content that your core audience and people like your core audience that are buying your product were interested in and and now had that funnel you had a reason for them to subscribe to your newsletter to go to your website uh to subscribe to this podcast to follow you on other areas because you're sharing those social clips that again you might not watch or listen to the full episode but you see that clip and you associate them that brand now with something intelligent or something entertaining or all of that um Branded podcasts, even just as a form of asset creation, is is so underutilized. And 
it's wild. I, I really think that it is going to be one of the biggest booms and continue to be because authentic content creation um, is tough. And we think a lot, like I, I like to think a lot, I have a two and a five-year-old about um, advertising towards kids. And uh, I always bring up like He-Man was an ad to sell He-Man toys, right? Like these cartoons, Transformers, all the Power Rangers, I'm still obsessed with it. I'm 38 years old. Um, they made the show with the intention of selling you the toys, right? It did, the advertisements in it were were great as well. Like that made the money, but like let's not let's not forget that the the idea soap operas, right? Were built to sell things. We're gonna get back to that because nobody just wants to hear an ad from a brand or see an ad from a brand. They want to believe that that brand aligns with them, understands them, and wants to entertain and engage them. It's why brands sponsor concerts and festivals and things like that. A podcast is just another way to have a touch point with that person, potentially weekly, bi-weekly, that is honestly, in the grand scheme of things, pretty low cost. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And I, I like one of the terms that you used on the research there on the Sounds Profitable website was about that ultimately this branded content becomes a force multiplier, um, meaning that, you know, it, it's great for the podcast. It's great for the brand. It's a win-win for everybody. Uh, and people resonate with that and it, it moves them on to other things and it just grows uh, almost organically. And as you say, uh, you're not paying the same price you would for this as you would to, you know, run an advert during the Super Bowl, for example. Uh, yeah, and, relatively, relatively cost effective media. Um, and you probably are getting the that like even if you do host endorse or if the host says it's sponsored by and that host is a celebrity or a person of note it's probably cheaper than if you had them come to your studio or do a like a voice recording for you for an ad that you could run elsewhere. Like where you're getting access to talent and influencers at likely a rate that is not affordable in other mediums. 100%. Well, look, before we run out of time, Brian, is there anything else that maybe we haven't touched on or maybe something we have touched on that you want to double down on that you'd like to share with our worldwide audience here today? And secondly, and obviously, what's the best way for people to get on these newsletters? Is it just to head over to soundsprofitable.com? Yeah, I think the best way to be in touch with us is soundsprofitable.com. Subscribe to the newsletters. If you hit reply, it seriously goes to me. I have infinite time to help people out, right? There's a like, I can't necessarily walk people through everything, but I will always respond. I will point you in the direction of more information. I'll connect you with people if I can. Um, I wanna be here for people who take this seriously and wanna grow the industry and their business, right? Like both sides need to be important. Um, again, all of our content is free on the site. It's all ad free. It's all provided thanks and support from our partners. Um, so definitely check that out. Well. Uh, we we're talking about clips, right? We we're talking about the value of marketing assets. So let's leave with one. Let's give you one to work with here. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording about the word podcast and RSS feeds. And I know we didn't get a time to touch on it. So I wanted to, to just share my thoughts on it. Podcasting is an incredibly limiting word. Every single thing, this recording, all the way up to things that win um, you know, uh, Tribeca uh, Podcast Festival Awards um, that are heavily produced and require traveling all the world fit under the word podcasting. Sounds Problems Podcast gets a, a couple hundred downloads an episode. You know, some of their podcasts out there, they get millions of downloads an episode. That word runs a wide gamut. By limiting ourselves to what podcasting is, by saying it's only things on RSS, only things that are open and available everywhere, only things that are audio only, we shut off the creative potential of this. 
we're influencers, right? This, this is an influencer industry, all aspects of it. It is, it needs to be versatile. Audio has a lot of room to grow. Podcasting has managed to build out a killer area. It is a bad idea to close that off. It is a bad idea to shame somebody who managed to sell their show to Audible and now it's an Audible exclusive only in that app or a Spotify exclusive when that was happening or YouTube exclusive because they want to do it there. The word is malleable and people should not be limited to how they want to use it. There are podcasts in the HBO Max app that, that you can't access elsewhere that you need to leave the screen on on your phone because they can't figure out how to play without the screen on. That's a podcast. It doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, what anybody says about the technical capabilities there. That's a podcast, that's audio content, whatever it wants to be. If we limit ourselves, podcasting will become a dead word and we'll figure out a new word to define it and build cool content that you're proud of, that you can run a business off of. Or honestly, the other divide of it is that you just have fun. Just be creative in some audio format. Don't worry about what the nerds say. Love it, Brian. Absolutely like that a lot. And that brings me nicely to the end of our time today here on the Global Discussion. I want to thank everybody who's been watching or listening to this episode around the world. Make sure they follow, like, subscribe, do all the things we need them to do to help support the shows. And uh, hopefully they'll join me back here for some more discussions with creatives and leaders and thinkers just like Brian. But make sure you head over. If you do nothing else, head over to soundsprofitable.com check it out. There's some really valuable information there. Thank you, Brian. Real pleasure to talk to you again today. Thanks for having me.